Welcome to the Sons of Thunder, presented by the Think Institute. I'm Joel Sedicase, founder of the Institute. And I'm Parker Sedicase, master student at Trinity Evangelical Divinity School. And this is the show where we wrestle through the tough questions that everyone wants to know and no one's talking about. All right, so Parker, have you ever been triggered? Yeah, well, it depends on what you mean by triggered. All right, what do we mean by triggered? Uh, well, it seems like today, triggered uh, is synonymous with taking offense, okay. right? being offended. Yeah, you've got trigger warnings in college campuses, on, right. in different courses, articles that right. are posted online. And you've got the leftist or the left wing people getting triggered. you got right people teasing them mm -hmm. for being triggered. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's become an umbrella term for being offended. Right. So how do we get here where we're at a point in our society where people are so concerned about becoming triggered, or becoming offended, and also about triggering others. Triggering others, others yeah. right. How did we get here? <clears throat> yeah, so uh, my, my first experience with, with trigger warnings was when I was at uh, Northern Illinois in my undergrad, mm -hmm. and one of my friends was in the social sciences, and he talked about these these trigger warnings. He'd make all these trigger warning jokes. I had no idea what he was talking about. Is this Jared? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I didn't want to use his name just in case they come for him. But. Yeah, but he's... <laughs> <laughs> if someone gets triggered, yeah, yeah. Jared, I know him. <laughs> I'm coming for him. <laughs> yeah, so cancel him. Um, so we started making jokes about that. I really didn't even know what what triggered was until I graduated and started hearing about conservatives talking mm -hmm, about mm -hmm. triggering. And it was kind of a a badge of honor to trigger someone. It's right. kind of funny thing to do. Originally, though, these trigger warnings were essentially an alert that hey, if you have some kind of trauma in your right. life, if you've been abused, if you've been harmed or hurt in some way, the subject that we're going to cover that's going to be addressed in this class or article or what have you might bring up some of those old, that old PTSD, that post-traumatic stress disorder. Right. It, and, and it's going to cause you distress and it might even cause you to emotionally relive that traumatic experience. So here's a, here's a warning. Right that you may need to leave, you may need to prepare yourself, you may need to find a way to cope with this in some way. Right, and Which, then, and then it, that's all right. Like that's, I, I, yeah, I mean, that I don't, seems fair. That seems like a, a nice thing to do. You it's kind of courteous. It's, sure, yeah, sure. Yeah. And that, it seems like that kind of blew up out of control and they would put trigger warnings for, for silly things, just hmm. a, a different point of view, warning. You know, you, you're gonna experience a, someone who believes something different than you. Right, like we hear the story, if you remember, I think back, I think it was last year, um, the sort of pseudo-conservative, sort of, I guess you might call him alt-right or, or right-wing uh, commentator Milo Yiannopoulos. Yeah. Remember, he was going to, going to speak, I believe, at Cal Berkeley. I could be wrong about this, but I think it was Cal Berkeley. And he's, he's coming to, to campus, and there were these massive demonstrations, which right. turned into riots, which turned into, you know, fires being and started. Same thing with, and, with Ben Shapiro. Yes, and some that's of right. Conservative mm -hmm. guys who have really shot up in, in popularity because of this. Right, and that's right? where you see... Especially Milo, he's kind of made a whole career off of, of triggering people. Right? Yeah, Saying that's right. Saying things on purpose. Yes, yes, that's right. Reaction, yeah, right? Uh, Ann Coulter is sort of sure. this, like, she's like more of an old school conservative who's been doing that for right. a long, long, long time. Yeah. And, and now, the funny thing is that this is, it's funny that this is sort of seen as a right-wing phenomenon. You right. know, oh, we're going to trigger everybody. Right. Because right-wingers were the original snowflakes so to speak right sorry to use that term yeah. uh if you're a right winger and you're listening to this you probably just got triggered by the fact <laughs> that i just called you a snowflake, snowflake we're not well, a snowflake well, how dare you <laughs> you're the you're the probably you probably love antifa <laughs> someone told me on twitter last week you probably love antifa like i don't i don't remember what i said like i think i criticized donald trump or something <laughs> <laughs> that's great oh yeah you probably love yeah, antifa. it makes sense yeah it's a it's a very clear yeah yeah. Who, yeah as as donald trump said you know whoever's not with me is against right, me you know, right, whoever uh, does right. not 
uh, troll the left with me scatters uh, socialism. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you're All saying right, so, conservatives used to be the original. Right. We were the original ones who got offended. Mm-hmm. If you go back to the 70s, 80s, especially in the 90s, when the moral majority and the, the right wing was at its peak. And this was when uh, the what we now call the LGBTQ movement was in its ascendancy. It was, or I should say it was, it was beginning to rise. You mm-hmm. had TV shows. Now you don't remember this cause you were uh, probably too young, but back in like the mid to late nineties, there was, there were uh, sitcoms were just starting to have gay characters on them, homosexual characters. Like you had Ellen who, um, right, right. her, she came out on her TV show and there was such a backlash from conservative Christians. Well, we don't want our families being exposed to right. this sort of thing. Right. And, the area of the, the, the Simpsons was just getting going. Right, right. Then Family Guy after that. Yeah, and, in the early 2000s, right. you had Family Guy and... South Park. Yeah, right. Oh, right. South Park is sort of the... like the van, They were on like the, the vanguard right. of, you know, we're going to intentionally offend people, right. which was hilarious when they actually came out as Republicans. Nobody knew what to do with them. Yeah. Because Republicans were supposed to be the ones getting offended, right. not the ones offending. Right. And... The teetotaling... Uh, clutching, Pure, clutching your pearl. Clutching, oh my, how, I don't want to hear that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and so Christians, conservative Christians were, um, we had this reputation for getting offended. And this is where this term tolerance came from. And I still remember back in the nineties, Christians were being so criticized for not being tolerant. You got to be tolerant. You got to be tolerant. You got to yeah. be tolerant. In other words, don't take yourself so seriously. Realize that there are people with other perspectives yeah. and your view is not the only view right, out there. You right. need to respect that. Well, things have, um, things have changed right. because now the cultural power has shifted. Mm-hmm. Conservative Christianity is no longer as much as, as people might say, well, no conservative Christians are still in power. I mean, we're basically, you know, Donald Trump is president right. and, and he was supported by evangelicals. Okay. But, but Donald Trump is not driving the culture. Right. He's not conserving or he's not um, controlling the media. Right. He's not except for maybe Fox News, which even Fox News in the last couple of days uh, criticized Donald Trump and he got real, real mad. And yeah. what people are realizing is that, you know, look, Donald Trump does not control sure. the media. Sure. Right. Um, but the folks in if you think about Hollywood, um, Hollywood's been pumping out left wing propaganda in their movies for about, a, you know, at least a generation. Right. Um, you know, you've got, you know, TV shows, uh, music went went uh, left a long time ago. Um, sort of the last bastion of that was yeah. maybe hip hop, and now hip hop is going yeah, in and, that direction. and they switch things. They've 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 turned things topsy turvy, right? Yeah, and now it's it's them who, you know, the 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 joke is, oh, are you getting triggered, right? And the the right wingers now the ones laughing, and mm-hmm. look, look at how mm-hmm. sensitive you are. Look at you snowflakes. Look right. how squishy you guys are. Right. So, um, on the left, what happened was over the last generation or so, last twenty five years. The the leftist ideology really grew in influence and gained power. And now yeah. that they're in power, what they're doing is they are imposing their own values and, and norms, as any worldview will do when right. they come when into they power. power right. right, that's just going to happen. Right. And so now there's other speech and there's other points of view that are now seen as triggering or as offensive. Right. And so now it's the conservatives who have sort of been reduced to this um, power minority, we right. might say, um, who are saying, oh, you shouldn't be so offended. You right, should, you know, right. don't get triggered, you yeah. know, and, and doing the trolling on the other side. Right. We've taken the place of a family guy. Family guy's not controversial anymore. Right. You know, now it's uh, 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 Crowder, uh, Stephen yeah, Crowder. Yeah, Stephen Crowder, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or um, conservatives like that. And and the trend that I've noticed, the, the reason that, that I thought it was really cool to talk about this is that, um, or important at least to talk about this, mm-hmm. is that 
uh, triggering has become this this weapon, mm-hmm. right? It's oh, are you triggered? Oh, I, hey, I'm not triggered. Look, I'm not I'm not one of those guys. I'm yeah, not yeah, yeah. I'm not triggered. And the question comes up: Is there anything worth being triggered in the modern sense? Being offended over? Is there anything worth being offended about lately? Right. Well, especially as followers of Christ. Mm. We don't necessarily want to go back to the days of the moral majority of the 90s where we right. were getting offended about everything. Right. Video okay. games and yeah, yeah. all sorts of stuff. Right. Like Which, oh, well, we should probably talk about that at some point too. Sure, sure. Video games. Because you and I didn't really grow up with a lot of video no, games. No, not really, yeah. Yeah. So we kind of have like a neutral. I mean, we're probably the only, I'm um, 35, what are you, 28, 27? 27. Yeah. So we're probably the only guys in our age bracket who don't play video games yeah. or at least don't never partake of. Uh, yeah, the sinful, um, yeah. <laughs> offensive. Um, Not to dip our hand or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but um, the, the the question is, is there anything that Christians should be getting offended about? You know, where do we draw that line of, okay, yeah, we need to be tolerant. We need to be accepting of people. But are there certain times when we ought to stand up and fight back and really, you know, get offended? Actually, right. we can say, no, this... This is wrong, right. and we need to fight back against this. Now, I just want to—I want to—can we talk really quickly about our different contexts? Yeah, because I—I I originally didn't even want to talk about this subject, right. and you basically dragged me into that's right, it. That's right. That's um, right. Triggered uh, you right into it. Yeah. Right well, you, well, you got triggered. You got schooled and you said, by if you logic don't... and fact. <laughs> triggered <laughs> into oblivion. Right. 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 And and I was just in the process of melting your face with facts and logic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, what we're talking about is uh, if you go on YouTube, uh, every Ben Shapiro yeah. um, video is titled with these clickbaity. Yeah. Triggering... Ben Shapiro melts snowflakes with facts <laughs> and logic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Owning the libs. Yeah. Right. You're right. Really, uh, anyway, we'll talk about that some other time. I'll, I'll edit that out probably. Um, so if we're going to be followers of Christ and we're going to be faithful, we need to think about this from a biblical perspective. Now, the reason why I didn't want to talk about this is because what I find is that in my context, like I live in Chicago, most of my neighbors, most of the people that I interact with are standing on the left side of the spectrum. And it's just the, the fact of life. And so most of the views that I'm hearing are, look, we need to, you know, there are certain things that are sacrosanct. We shouldn't joke about them. We need to stand up for social justice. We need to stand up for the rights of, you know, refugees and minorities and sexual minorities and these different groups. And and we shouldn't joke about such things. So the people I'm around are actually more likely to get triggered by some of these things. And I actually didn't want to do this necessarily because I realized I'm going to have to put so much nuance in here right, and right. I don't want mm. to unnecessarily trigger and offend people who might le- legitimately or otherwise become offended. But right. you're coming from a different standpoint. Yeah, yeah. And I work in, in campus ministry and a lot of the guys I work with are football players and wrestlers who feel like they've kind of been beat down, like they're, they're, they're scared to say anything. Mm. And so... Um, they really want to trigger people. They look at this guy, look at this snowflake. And they're so sick of hearing from it, uh, hearing about being triggered, mm-hmm. hearing about, uh, you know, kind of leftist policies and um, offense and being so nuanced that they want to just, hey, can we just say stuff again? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so I'm coming from that context where people are uh, willing to trigger and it is a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? More. Yeah. Right. Willing and, it, and able. And, and it seems like there's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing sacred anymore. There's nothing right. worth getting offended over because right. we're so sick of that. Mm-hmm. So now everything is fair game. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if you ever take offense, then you must be a snowflake. Right. So it's just, I, as we were preparing for this episode, I thought it was so funny 
to realize that. And I think probably some of it's a generational thing as well. I'm sort of on the tail end of Gen X. I'm, you know, one of these Xennials right. born between 1978 and 83 or 84, 85, somewhere in there, where we were the last analog generation who became digital. Right. You know, and so I wasn't born on the internet the way that, uh, you know, true millennials were. Uh, I mean. Well, you were born on the internet. I wasn't born on the internet. Yeah, you were I born. remember getting internet. No, you were born on it. I have that stupid noise, dial up and all that. Oh, yeah. We didn't have that. My friends did. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, okay, but you know what I'm saying. Like from right. a, from a, no, I'm kind of a more more later millennial. Ninety one. Like, is that, is that later? Is that mid? I think you're pretty mid. All right, mid. Yeah. I'm the essence. You're the essence of, of a millennial. millennial. Well, you yeah, are. Yeah. Look, I look, like that. For those who can't see, don't, which is don't, everyone, yeah, you have yeah. a handlebar mustache. That's very millennial. I, that's I'll admit very that. very millennial. Can't help it. See, I like and it. I I sometimes I grow mine this way. You, <laughs> I have <Triggered>. a genetic. <laughs> I have a genetic predisposition to having a handlebar mustache. Right. Yeah. I used to have a handlebar. In fact, you have a handlebar only because That's I That's not true. I yes. had one before you. No, you didn't. I had not. a Fu Manchu for like a year and a half. No, no, no. Oh, okay. Uh, did you? Starting Fu to ring, starting to, I did, did that Year of Singles. I had a mullet and a Fu Manchu to keep all the ladies away. Oh, yeah. And it worked right. great. That's right. That's true. That's true. But, anyways, yeah. we digress. We do. So, um, so the question arises hey, is there is there anything worth being offended over? Is there anything worth being offended about, right? So we have some biblical witness that uh, exhorts us to overlook an offense, right? Uh, Ecclesiastes tells us, um, Ecclesiastes seven twenty one and 22 says, Do not take to heart all the things that people say, lest you hear your servant cursing you. Your heart knows that many times you have cursed others. And so the author of Ecclesiastes is exhorting us, Hey, look, don't take things so seriously. Overlook an offense. Have you never said something offensive? Have you never cursed someone? Have you never, like, overlook that. And, and Proverbs 19.11, in a similar vein, says, Good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook an offense. So it seems like the biblical witness doesn't really allow for offense. It's, a, it's actually a glorious thing mm. to overlook an offense. It's a wise thing to do. Right, which really flies in the face of a sort of self-righteous, sort of a self-superior piety and i put piety in scare quotes that says look how righteous i am at all the things that offend me right i'm so holy i can't even speak to someone who feels this way thinks this way right, exactly. says those kinds of things i'm above that and you know i know you're not really a big twitter user but i i use twitter all the time i'm on twitter all the time way more than i should be um, but it's a great way to see what sort of ideas are trending and are right. current Justify and, it as you will. Uh, yes, I. Um, well, I'm. I'm so holy though. I don't really. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't offend me to be on Twitter. No, it doesn't. But but the right things do offend me, mm, and then I get yeah. very triggered. Yeah. But all at all the right things. Right. But it's funny the amount of virtue signaling. Right. That Explain we, that. Explain okay, that. Thank you. So virtue signaling is when there's something that pops up, whether it's a news article, whether it's a tweet or a post that someone makes that's very offensive, that's very triggering. And what you see is these people pile on and they'll retweet it with a comment or they'll just write something in the comments or the replies and they'll say something along the lines of, I strongly condemn this in the strongest <laughs> terms right. possible. I this is abhorrent. This is reprehensible. Right. We need to do better. You right. say that all the time. We have to do better. Yeah. Do better. Or, you know, just yikes. Yeah. And this happens uh, in in a northern burb that I work uh, where you see it on their lawns. Hate has no home here. 
as if right. their, their neighbor's sign says, hate has a home here. Or, right. we, we hate you, right? Like, who's right. writing that? That's literally a, a sign that you put in your yard. That's literally a virtue signal. Yes. Right? Or bumper stickers as well. Yes. Yeah. So it's kind of like we take pride in our ability to get offended at the right things. Right. Now, the question is, is that rooted in something good? Is that desire rooted in something that is ingrained in us, designed in our minds and our souls where, hey, there are some things we're supposed to get offended. Or is the whole offense industry, is the whole, um, this whole trend of getting offended and triggered, is that all just a bunch of bunk? Right. So that's what we need to unpack. When should a Christian get offended? Yeah, and, and we've looked at a couple of biblical passages passages that would seem to say, hey, you're, you're not supposed to take offense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but you and I, as we, we were planning this, as we were studying this, we saw there, there are some legitimate things to be offended over. And most of those don't include yourself. Well, right. That's right. Because in Matthew 18, Jesus says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you've gained your brother. The, the idea, Jesus goes on in that teaching to say, essentially, if someone is sinning against you, go to that person privately. So we're not, we're not retweeting them? We're not screenshotting them? No, right? yeah, you're, <laughs> yeah, no, that, right. Uh, he doesn't say, you know, virtue signal to everyone about how much you've been offended. Right. No, he says, go to this person. And then in Luke 17, 3 and 4, Jesus says, pay attention to yourselves. In other words, this is something that's not going to come naturally to you. So watch yourself right. here. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents forgive him and okay that's fine if he just sins in general but right. then Jesus says and if he sins against you seven times in the day and turns to you seven times saying i repent you must forgive him so christians are not supposed to hold grudges right. we are supposed to be very quick and also by the way there is something here that we're talking about brothers we're talking about christians and other right. christians right. and there's also this culture of repentance that's there yeah. as well so jesus isn't saying here he is saying be quick to forgive right but he's not saying never get offended sure so let's unpack that a little bit when when is it all right to be offended when is it actually maybe even a virtuous thing yeah. to actually get offended and to take a stand right. and even fight if necessary. Yeah. And so I think a really important thing for, we're answering when is it appropriate for a Christian to, to be offended? Right. When is it appropriate for a Christian? Well, what did, when was Christ offended? Right. The, the, the guy that we follow, the, the God man that we worship, mm-hmm. how about we, you know, follow his footsteps as he called us to. Mm-hmm. So let's look at when did he take offense? Okay, right, because if we're going to follow Christ, to follow him means to be his disciple. It means to do what he did, yeah, to walk think as he walked and think right. as he and speak as he spoke. And so he is our ultimate paradigm here. Right. Right? And so let's think about this. When did Jesus get offended? When did his actions show that he was deeply troubled in his soul and wanted to take action? And there's right. one Huge example that stands out to me. I wonder if you're thinking of the same thing. Yeah, you're you thinking when he's overturning tables and making a, a whip made out of cords. Like? Absolutely, absolutely. Kind of the quintessential example. Right. So what's going on in that story? Uh, so Jesus uh, is in the temple and he says, what does he say? Uh, you've made... Um, I yeah, it is written, word. my father's house will be... A den of uh, robbers. No, no. Well, <laughs> 
Well, uh, he gets there, but no, that's not what's written. <laughs> okay, uh, all right, all right. In the Bible, uh, I'm still a master uh, student, right? So right, right, right. <laughs> um, it's it's written. Uh, my house will be called the house of prayer for all peoples. Right. But you have made it into okay, there it a is. den of robbers, right. right? And what was going on for context is in those days the the true religion, the Jewish religion, centered around the temple. Right. To worship God, you had to bring your offerings and your sacrifices to the temple. And the temple, the way it was set up would be there was an outer court called the court of the Gentiles. Right. And then inside that, there was a court of the women. And then the Jewish men could go one step, one court further. And then there was the holy of holies or the sanctum sanctorum, which was where the, Just the high priest, right? The one priest, one the, high priest, priest the high priest could enter in. Okay. And in that outer court, which was fairly large and expansive, the that was where the Gentiles could go and, and worship. And come worship God. W- worship the Lord. Right. right, exactly. But at, in Jesus' day, in that court, the court of the Gentiles, they were all of these money changers set up in that court of the Gentiles. Yeah. And what they would do is they would have these restrictive laws and, and policies where if you were a Gentile coming in from uh, you know uh, some other province, you're coming from Asia Minor, something like that, you're bringing your sacrifice in. Right. Weren't they buying sacrifices there as well? Thank they you. were selling. That's them. exactly right. right. That's exactly so they're exchanging right. their money from a different place. Right. And and buying a, a sacrifice to come in and worship the Lord with. That's right. And these money changers were charging exorbitant, exploitative uh, exchange rates right. for the money. So you know, people were basically getting ripped off in order to buy their sacrifices to come and, worship God. Right, right. Right. The one place where this stuff. Absolutely should not be happening. Not right. that it should be happening any, anywhere. So Jesus is is uh, in in. It's debatable whether or not he does this once or twice. Right. But the the way that it's told is he comes into the temple, looks around, and then comes back later on with righteous and, indignation mm, in his heart. Yes. Overturning tables. Yes. Whipping dudes like. Yes. And and his reaction was incredibly aggressive. Mm-hmm. It was forceful. Uh, it was even violent. What is going on here? It's not quite the, the Sunday school Jesus, right? We don't we don't really learn now today, kids. We're gonna make a cord of whips to give to your parents. <laughs> right, right, right. We're gonna practice clearing out God's house. <laughs> what is going on there with Jesus? Why did Jesus get so offended? Yeah, well, I, I think he had he had this righteous indignation because people were getting in the way of other people worshiping God. Right. Especially these Gentiles who, for, it, let's see, by Jesus' day, 1,500 years yeah. had passed since the time of Abraham. Yeah. And in Genesis 12 and 15, God makes this promise to Abraham that through his offspring, all the nations of the world would be blessed. Would be blessed, right. Now, that ultimately happens in Christ because mm-hmm. those who follow Jesus are Jew and Gentile. Right. And even to this day, there are more and more nations coming to faith in the Messiah, in that right. that Amen. one off, that offspring yeah. of, of Abraham. But in Jesus' day, even then, even before Jesus had died on the cross for our sins, there were these Gentiles coming in. And the beauty, it, it's so cool that the court of the Gentiles was the first court you entered into in the temple. Mm, that's an interesting way of looking at it. Right. Kind of the cultural critique today would be, well, you know, they wouldn't even let the Gentiles in right. amongst the Jewish women. And they had the the women outside them, right? But but it's interesting the way you're looking at that with the yeah. first court. Yeah. It was the first court that you 
entered into. So as you're entering into the temple, you're seeing God's promise to Abraham on yeah. full display. Seeing the nations. Yes. Right. It's being prefigured right there. That's interesting. And, and it hasn't been fully fulfilled yet because right. Jesus is the one that's going to be fulfilled in. Yeah. But here you've got the the temple and the Lord is being worshipped by all these different nations, yeah. which is this really powerful, right. cool picture. And so for that to, to be, be subverted, to, yeah, yeah, to, yeah, to be made a mockery of, to, yeah. to be... Uh, Used for profit, yes, for material gain, mm-hmm. right? It's harming God's people mm-hmm. and it's distorting God's promises. Right. And like you said, it's putting an obstacle in between those who want to come to the Lord, yeah, and and the Lord. It's putting a barrier between God and and His people and yeah. and and uh, the fulfillment of God's promises. So, so that offends Him, right? So we've seen this this one example. Do we have other examples to go with this? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, so you've got uh, in. Matthew 18, verse 6. Jesus says this. So, so Jesus is teaching, and he calls a little child to him. This is in the context of Matthew 18. He calls a little child to him. Right. And he says, you must, uh, essentially, you have to humble yourself like one of these children mm-hmm. to, to come in. And I'm going to pull up the whole passage here. But he says, uh, uh, you have to humble yourself like one of these children, and um, whoever causes one of these little children to sin... It would be better for a millstone to be tied around his neck. And in other words, this giant rock, this giant piece of cement or or stone. From grounding up uh, corn and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it'd be better to have one of those tied around your neck and then to be cast down into the sea. And then for for you to cause this little one to stumble. One of these little ones who believe in me. Right, Right. Right. So Jesus is using very strong language you can hear his heart here you can hear the passion and the emotion coming through you know this is again this is violent right. language so this what is, uh, again another uh i didn't learn about this on the felt board in sunday yeah, school. Right, right right oh mommy daddy look uh, our project in sunday schools we, we made a millstone, a millstone necklace <laughs> <laughs> don't don't cause me to sin mom and dad <laughs> i made this for you right right you don't hear that one too often well, what are the parallels there? Because Jesus is clearly offended by the idea of someone offending one of these little children, right. sinning against them and, right. and causing them to sin. What, what are the parallels we see here? Yeah, so it's, it's again, it's um, someone coming to Christ and someone hindering them coming to Christ. It's, it's, uh, it's messing with the gospel. It's messing with the innocent. It's putting up barriers in the way of what, what God's doing and calling the nations to himself mm. and calling people to himself. Right. So it's very similar mm-hmm. to the, the court of the Gentiles idea. You've got this, there's this, this picture and we know that no one is innocent. All have sinned and fall right. short of the glory of God. So the Gentiles, they were sinners, right? The children, they're conceived in sin. That's yep. what David says in Psalm 51. He says, in sin did my mother conceive me. So we're not questioning the fact of whether or not these people are sinful. Right. But in the act of one of these, these, uh, whether it's a child or whether it's a Gentile coming to the Lord to impede them from that, you are unjustly hindering them and you're unjustly putting a barrier between them and God. Right. You're imposing an, a a form of oppression yeah. w- upon well, them. And you're, you're hindering the work of God, yes. right? What's the work of God? That yes. you believe in, in God and the one whom he sent, Jesus, his son. You're, right. you're setting yourself up as a barrier to the work of God. Yeah, and this is the kind of thing that causes, for example, John the Baptist to call out the scribes and Pharisees 
and he calls them a brood of vipers. Right. And in other words, children of Satan, right. essentially, is right. what he's exactly. calling them. Exactly. Because in the, in the Bible, Satan is depicted as a serpent. Yeah, and his offspring and the woman's offspring are going to have this, you know, this battle going on. Right, which was prophesied in Genesis 3.15 when the, when the Lord told Adam that one of Eve's descendants, again, it's very similar to the promise God made to Abraham, but one of his descendants would crush the head of the serpent. Yeah. And... Uh, even though at the same time the serpent was going to strike the heel of the of the offspring of this man, right. which is uh, theologians call the proto evangelium, or is yeah. it even euangelium? Euangelion. It is it, it interchangeable. On, yeah. Which proto first mm. evangelium is where we get uh, evangel the gospel. Yeah, the evangelism, evangelical. Right, right. Yeah. So the the first telling of the gospel. Right. right. So here now you've got the scribes and Pharisees who were kind of known. As being these righteous, pious people, these the chief virtue signalers. Yeah, of the, triggered at the right things. Right? So they were triggered at all the right things. Yeah. And yet, God himself gets triggered at them. Right. And God's prophet, John the Baptist, gets triggered at them. Yeah. And if you go to Matthew 23, Jesus is in the middle of this great, prophetic, Old Testament-style sermon mm -hmm. where he is calling down judgment and pain and suffering upon the scribes and Pharisees. And he says it in this word, woe. You know, we don't use the word woe very often. Right. But whoa. That, yeah, we're, yeah. Unless you're yeah. Keanu Reeves. Huh? Whoa. 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 Woe to you. <laughs> <laughs> but Jesus is saying in Matthew 23, he says, woe to you, uh, teachers of the law and Pharisees. The, the NLT says, what sorrow awaits you mm. teachers yeah. and uh, teachers of the religious law. But the idea is in 2313, Jesus says this, but woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut the kingdom of heaven in people's faces, for you neither enter yourselves nor allow those who would enter to go in. Wow. Jesus is scandalized. Yeah. He is offended and yeah. angry at the idea that these so-called righteous people would keep these would-be followers of God right. out of the kingdom. Yeah, they're slamming the door in their face. Mm -hmm. Christ said, I am the door, mm -hmm. right? I am the gate, I am the path. Oh, yeah. And these Pharisees are slamming that door in their face. Nope, nope, we're not going this way. Jeez. Right? Yeah. How about, um, do you have that other verse? Uh, oh, oh, Jerusalem, how I oh, would yeah. draw you to myself uh, as, a, as a mother hen with her chicks. And it's just this beautiful metaphor of, you know, protection and, and drawing people to themselves. But... But your leaders, right? He's talking to the Pharisees. Mm -hmm. You would not let them come. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. In twenty three thirty seven, he says, "Oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not." willing. So now Jesus is calling out the whole city yeah. of Jerusalem. It's very Jeremiah-ish. Yeah, you know, he's the leaders were not willing that their people. Would come to to God. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And they're they're keeping the these children. Again, there's this picture of innocence. Yeah. And not that anyone's actually innocent, but the the motive, the desire to come to God in yeah. faith is a noble one. Right. And to impede that, especially when it comes to kids, right? Especially a, a child who wants to have faith in God, and for parents or adults or leaders or religious teachers to impede people from that. That is very um, that is very wrong. That is very uh, uh, offensive. All right, so let's put a bow on this. When should Christians get offended? Well, when someone's putting obstacles 
in the way of people coming to God, when people are messing with the work of God, especially with, with children um, and, and those roadblocks that are getting, when, when someone's slamming the door of the gospel in someone's face. Right. When someone is getting in the way of a sinner coming to God in repentance of believing in the gospel, in believing in right teaching. Mm. And really, this is being offended on behalf of someone else. Right. This is not, I'm standing up for my own rights. Right. It's, I'm trying to protect another human being here, a, another person made in God's image, who is in process of becoming reconciled to God. Right. And in the process of having their sins forgiven, and for someone to put an obstacle in the way there is offensive. It's triggering. That we should be triggered right, by that. Right, right, right. And and really quick, I want to just bring up this is exactly what happens to the apostle Paul when he's walking around in Athens in Acts chapter 17. Hmm. It says he was grieved in his spirit when he saw all of the idols in the city. Yeah. Because those idols each and every one of those little shrines or those little temples, those were money-making machines where people were profiting off of deceiving others and keeping them ultimately in bondage to idols rather than being freed mm -hmm. and liberated and coming to Jesus where they could be truly uh, forgiven and reconciled to God. Right. And so as we go out in, in our society today, mm -hmm. um, we need to be look. On the, on the lookout for for similar things you yeah. know what uh what are things that are hindering people uh from coming to the gospel things getting in the way especially mm. with with kids with right. children what are those things that are keeping people from hearing the gospel right where are those structures or activities where kids are specifically being targeted mm. or where there is something put in place to steer people away from the gospel or right. or to sort of chill the impact that Christians might have through gospel proclamation to right. try to get Christians to shut up, sit down and right. be quiet, right. uh, which is not to say that everything Christians have to say is valuable. Right. But when it's the gospel, especially, per yeah, particularly pertaining to the gospel message. Right. So I would say for those who are listening, who are wanting to put the rubber to the road here, mm. put shoe leather on this, as a friend of mine says, look for those societal practices that are offensive to God because they keep people from being reconciled to him in faith by coming to Jesus Christ or, or that specifically harm kids. Right. So be on the lookout yourself, right? Be sure that you're not one of these people. Right. Uh, investing in a millstone necklace for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 Uh, yeah. Uh, you don't want to, you don't want to deserve a millstone, right? <laughs> right. Um, does this mean we need to get our whips ready? Like Jesus, like when he went into the temple, he bound up that cord of whips Yeah, or yeah. those, those cords into yeah. a whip. Is that right? Yes. Are we looking? I don't know. I oh, didn't... are we not doing that? I don't know. Oh, all right. Well, maybe, 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 yeah. maybe. Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe. I'm not sure. Jesus did it. Yeah, he did do it. But we just have to remember it's about the right things. Right. It's not about ourselves. Right. This isn't the stand up for your rights kind right. of thing. It's, it's stand up for the truth and stand up for those who would be positively impacted by the truth, those lost mm. souls who are about to be found, right. those lost souls who are about to experience God's grace. Yeah. Defend that. Defend the the um, defend against the unjust treatment of kids and uh, of seekers and questioners and those who are about to come to the Lord, who are heavily burdened mm. and need to find their rest and the restoration in the Lord.
Amen. Amen. So, cool. yeah, don't be triggered. Yeah, so so stop stop being triggered. Stop it. Just just cut it out. If you're triggered by this episode, then this episode was for you. Mm. And if you're not triggered, maybe it's time to get a little, maybe it's time to get a little triggered by the right things. <laughs> right, right. All right. Well, this has been Sons of Thunder. Uh, Parker, how can people follow you? Yeah, you can uh, find me at uh, Parker's Pensies. Uh, it's if you're French out there, Passes, right? I know how to pronounce it, but um, you can Google Parker's Pensies. Keep up with the Think Institute by going to truthinconversation.com. This has been Sons of Thunder. We hope that it triggered you in all the right ways. Until next time, stay thunderous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, tagline pending. Good, good, good. Thank <laughs> you.